the NFL Draft. We've got some NFL quarterback news today. The Panthers traded Teddy Bridgewater to the Denver Broncos for a six-rounder. If you've been following the Panthers closely at all or listening to this show the last few months, this really shouldn't be a shocker to you today. However, I do think this move is kind of a big deal when you look at the first round of tomorrow's draft. I think there will be ripple effects there. Most importantly, I think this guarantees there won't be five quarterbacks taken in the top ten. Somebody's going to fall. The big question is who that's going to be. 336-777-1600 is the number on Twitter at Triad. What do you make of the Teddy Bridgewater trade? Who do you think that quarterback might be that falls outside the top 10? I don't think Denver's going to draft a quarterback now. Schefter says this doesn't change anything for Denver's draft. Well, I think it changes something. You gave up a draft pick. You bring in Teddy, who started games last year. You have a quarterback who's on a rookie contract who you only took two years ago and you felt pretty good going into last offseason. Vic Fangio, they need to win right now. If they don't win right now this season, they're going to be looking for a new coach. So I don't know if they're a team that wants to be so patient and draft, say, Trey Lance or somebody that's going to sit behind Locker Teddy if they're not going to coach that quarterback in 2022. They believe they have good enough weapons around that they can have a serviceable offense, that they can be a pretty darn good offense and be a team that competes, maybe gets close to a playoff spot. We saw it in Charlotte last year. K.J. Hamler just burning the Panthers a couple of times. Drew Locke looked really good. You got Jerry Judy. You just need him to be healthy. A ton of weapons. Cortland Sutton. You just got to get the offensive line right, it seems. And I'd imagine Rashawn Slater might be there. Maybe that's the pick. Or you go corner. That seems to be the popular sentiment. If you're in a division with Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, can you really have too many corners? I get you picked up Kyle Fuller. But on that other side, you could really use some help there. How about Patrick Sertan II? How about J.C. Horn from South Carolina? That makes too much sense to me. I don't see Denver trading out of this pick. I think they've targeted somebody that they like, maybe a couple of players, an offensive lineman or a corner that they plan to take with the number nine pick. I don't think they're going to trade out. They're not going to go QB. I think if I had to bet which quarterback falls outside the top 10 now out of the five expected to be taken in the first round, I'd say it's whoever... San Francisco doesn't take it number three. They're down to Lance and Mac Jones. I think they're going to take Mac. If they do, I believe Fields goes before Lance does. I think a team's going to trade up to number six or number seven, maybe the New England Patriots. That's what I gave in my mock draft yesterday, and I'm sticking with that. New England going to grab Fields before Carolina gets a chance to draft him. If both those quarterbacks fall to number eight in Carolina's spot, I think Carolina's going to take Fields, which would then mean Lance falls outside the top ten. Dallas isn't going to take a quarterback. Denver's not going to take a quarterback. I don't think Denver's trading back. Carolina very well might. That's the biggest ramification to the Teddy trade. If they didn't trade for Teddy, I think people might be surprised 
that the Broncos don't go quarterback at nine. Now that they did trade for Teddy, I don't think it's going to surprise as many people. So I think Lance is the one that's going to fall here. Robert, transitioning things here. Before we circle back to what's going on with the Carolina Panthers, there was other Panthers news to get to today that it seems Carolina tried to use as cover here or maybe a way to mask this Teddy headline about the drop. Before we get to that, it's also Kentucky Derby Week, which means it's the day we bring back a game show that we only play the week of each leg of the Triple Crown. It's time we bring it back out. Robert, it's time to play Horse or Rock Band. Stressful music. That's a key piece of the puzzle now. The stressful music here. Robert, all you got to do is tell me if the name I'm about to give you is either the name of a horse competing in this weekend's Kentucky Derby or the name of a band that I looked up. It's that simple. I've got five names. How do you find these bands? That's for me to know and for you not to know because you just got to give me answers here. Let's start here. Rock your world. Horse or band? I'm going to say that's a horse. I just want to jump in, and if it's wrong and I'm behind the eight ball, then that'll add some pressure. And if I'm right, then it'll take some pressure off, and I'm just tired of waiting. I can't do this anymore. The stress is getting to me. Another one of the favorites. It is a big favorite. Rock your world. Five to one odds at the Kentucky Derby. Second name. King Fury. Horse or band? Anytime you say king, I feel like it is going to be a horse. I don't know why. Maybe the crown. Maybe all that other stuff. I don't. What's it called? King King Fury. King Fury. One word or spelled out? Two words. I'm gonna say that's uh I'm gonna say that's also a horse. King Fury is a horse. Real twenty. Oh. To one odds. Third name. Like the king. Horse or band. Like the king. There's no way that... I mean, there is a way. I, I did this either last time we played this game or the first time we played this game since I've been over here where I psych myself out, like, oh, the last two have been horses, so there's no way this could be a horse. And now I'm like, oh, there's a, the last one had king in the name. There's no way this one is a horse. And I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to say this one is a horse. And if I'm wrong, I'm still up two to one, but I'm not going to die on the same sword I've been dying on. So I'm going to say that this is also a horse, even though everything inside of me is telling me that this is a rock band. Final answer. Yeah, go ahead. 
like the king is a horse. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go. Fourth name. Highly motivated. Horse or ban. Highly motivated. And I feel like with the names like this, horse names have a very specific air to them. And this feels like a horse name, but I've said horse three times. And I just said I was going to stop doing this where... I hate this game, and I've already won this round. <laughs> like, I'm going to say it's also a horse. There's no way there's four horses in a row, but I feel like you would do that to psych me out, and now I'm going to psych you out. So I'm going to say that... What What the hell is this thing's name? Uh, highly questionable? Highly motivated. Highly motivated. I'm going to say highly motivated is also a horse. Ten to one odds, it's a horse. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Last name. You're trying to go five oh, for five. Gosh. You've never, ever in the history of this game gone five for five. This is what's in play here, Robert. The fifth name. Keep me in mind. Keep me in mind. Horse or band. Well, who sings that song? Not... Keep, not like, is it a band? But isn't that like, keep me in mind? Is that Uncle Cracker? I have no idea what you're talking about. Keep me in mind. Keep me in mind. You have a beautiful voice. Ugh, you, who sings that song, though? I have no idea. I just want to know if keep me in mind is a horse or a band. There's no way you put five horses on this game. There's no way you put five horses on this game. And I've still told myself, hey, don't do this thing that you did when you were in fourth grade. Like, the last three answers have been B, so this one can't be B. Don't do that. That's dumb. Keep me in mind. That sounds like a horse, but I don't want to say horse. I need this five for five. Wendy's, help me. I'm summoning the power of you, Dave. I need this five for five. I'm gonna say this is a rock band. If it, with all five of these were horses, Josh, I quit this job. This is my two week notice. I'm saying this is a rock band. Is that your final answer? Yes, because I believe in myself. <laughs> Please. Keep me in mind is a horse. Oh, no! 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 D to one odds. No! He let it slip. No! The last one. No! And that has been... Horse! No. Or <laughs> Rock Band! I don't want to do this anymore. Then let's transition. How about this? Dang it! Somebody says, keep me in mind as a Zach Brown Band classic. Well, you know what, Zach Brown Band? You should have, they should have chimed in a little quicker. Because I would have picked horse. Mm -hmm. uh, Bank of America Stadium is transitioning the natural grass from natural grass to artificial turf. It's been natural grass since they started playing games in Charlotte in 1996. This makes sense, considering they're going to start playing soccer games there next year. 
I'm not a big fan of turf. Even when I played soccer, I, I didn't love turf. But it makes sense for Carolina considering it's an outdoor stadium. It rains. There's more consistency with the turf. And more than that, when you have soccer games being played at the stadium, you have NFL games, and you're trying to host more college games, maybe even high school games. You're having more concerts at the stadium like Tepper plans to have. I don't think this is that big of a deal. I prefer turf to natural grass, or excuse me, grass to natural turf, but I understand it for the Carolina Panthers' circumstance that, hey, we want to have more concerts, and we want to have high school games there. We want to have Georgia playing Clemson and East Carolina playing App State and have that right around when the Panthers are playing too. This makes it a lot easier to upkeep the stadium that's now going to be shared with a an MLS team starting in the next year or so. Doesn't it seem a little weird, though, that we've just called this guy deep pockets and all this money, and now he's like, oh, it's going to cost too much money to constantly resod this field. I don't think he said it's going to cost too much. It's more about the field maintenance folks that it's going to make life a lot easier for them. I'm sure they get paid a lot of money to do that though. Like sure. it's a, you're at the end of the day you're taking care of a lawn. Like if you get paid that much money to resod it. I don't know, I just feel like it offers a disadvantage at home too where you're not playing on actual grass, it can lead to more injuries. And like he he seems like the guy that he would want every advantage possible for his team. It just seems a little off base for him. I I I get it. I understand what you're saying. I like grass versus turf, but I think given all the extra stuff they're wanting to do at this stadium that they didn't do before with Jerry Richardson, I understand having turf. Let's go! And QID. You're on the drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. Our next guest has it going on right now. It's former Clemson lineman Eric McLean, the North Carolina native you know from the ACC Network and the podcast Gramlet and McLean. A few side notes, Eric will be part of a special draft edition of The Huddle tomorrow at 6 p.m. on the network. And earlier today, how about this? He had Travis Etienne on his pod, so make sure to check that out. Eric, let's start where the draft's going to begin. Trevor Lawrence at number one. You're as plugged in as anybody with Dabo and Clemson that I know. So what's the best story you got for me on 16 that you've either experienced firsthand or were told down the line? You know, I I think, honestly, the the coolest thing about him, about Trevor Lawrence, is just how laid back he is, how um, not nonchalant, but, you know, the guy is just so good that, you know, football comes easy to him. And and he's a guy that has never been affected by pressure. I remember a couple of weeks ago, you know, the, the article comes out, uh, and everybody's in uproar that, you know, he says he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. But why in the world would he? He's been, you know, the number one prospect since early in his high school days. Since he stepped on campus at Clemson, uh, he is a guy that has been the perennial number one pick, and now that's about to come to, to fruition. And, you know, for a guy that has been thought of as the best for such a long time, for him to finally be there, uh, you know, I think it just tells, you know, the most about his story and, and who he is. But, you know, also his community involvement. It's uh, it's something that's been really fun to watch closely his time at Clemson and, you know, now excited to see it 
uh, at the next level and with uh, probably the Jaguars. When's the first time his name appeared on your radar screen? I think he was going into the 10th grade. Um, that's when, you know, it, he just burst on the scene. I believe it was a rivals camp. And, you know, I see this tall, skinny kid that has unbelievable arm talent and, and you know, really can just flick the ball with ease, you know, 50-plus yards as a sophomore. And I was like, man, if, if this guy can figure it out, he really has all the tools. Uh, little did I know this guy was going to be, you know, just a freak of nature, come to Clemson, win a championship, and, you know, be one of the best ever. Watch Eric McClain on the huddle, 6 p.m. tomorrow night, ACC Network, Gramlick and McClain, uh, the podcast, Travis Etienne. Earlier today, you can find that where you get your podcast. I know uh, you've probably watched a lot more of Eichenberg at Notre Dame and Darisol at Virginia Tech, given what you're asked to do in the fall, the top guys in the draft. There aren't a lot in the ACC that are expected to go in the top 15 picks. Really, it's Sewell, Elijah Vera Tucker that I hear a lot about, and of course, uh, Slater from Northwestern. So before we get to the ACC guys, Carolina, very much needing an offensive tackle, it seems. Based on what you've studied, what have you liked about the guys we're expecting to see in the top half of the first uh, round? Yeah, yeah. I think if, if you can get Sewell, I mean, man, how lucky would that be if he falls to eight, which is not crazy to think. I mean, he, he's, he's a guy that, not that he's been all over the place, but it seems like these experts are you know, just putting you know, different positions at different places. Some guys are thinking wide receiver. Some are thinking defensive back. It's been very interesting to see just how all over the board you know, some of these people are with the Bengals, with the, the Falcons, and who are they going to draft. And so I think if Sewell can fall 2-8, it's an it's a absolute grand slam home run for the Panthers. I don't think you remotely hesitate uh, with, with drafting him. And that would be great. And, and he's a guy that's going to be left tackle and, and play for a very long time in this league. If not, you look at uh, the, the guy from Northwestern and, and a guy who I think is Slater, who is fantastic, athletic, ran a fantastic 40-time at his pro day and, and just really has all the tools. So I think those are the two that you really hope for, uh, you know, at that eight position, which is a great spot to be in, that, uh, you know, Carolina's going to feel really good about their new protector. Who do you like more between Sewell and Slater? How close do you think that evaluation is? You know, I think it's really just who you are, what you like. I, you know, I think they're obviously both very talented, going to be really good for a long time. I think with Sewell, it's just I've known about him for so long, and I've had my eye on him for the past three years now of a guy who, man, he's going to make some some things happen. And his athletic, you know, his footwork, not the tallest or longest guy, but – He's just so athletic, man, and can run really, really well. I've seen some people discuss and say, well, he's not really developed yet. He's going to develop so much better. Listen, Mario Cristobal and that staff at Oregon, they put out offensive linemen, and they do it right and teach these guys the right way of how to play the position. So I think you can put all that to rest. Um, I don't think it's significant to where you feel bad or disappointed, uh, but I definitely think Sewell is, is the number one guy. Eric McLean with us here on Sports Up Dryad. Here are the eight guys from the state of North Carolina ranked in the top 105 of Todd McShay's big board, and we'll do it in order. Javante, Boogie, Chasserat, uh, Chris Rump from Duke, Ali McNeil, NC State, Michael Carter, Diami Brown, Sage Surratt. When I rattle off those names, in your head, who are you most convinced is going to have 
a pretty good transition to the NFL, going to have a really solid career. Yeah, well, all those things you just listed are, are fantastic. I mean, what special players in college and, you know, it really just matters the most with the NFL of system and fit. I mean, that's so important on how people will, will use you. You look at Boogie Basham, a guy that's six foot three, 275 pounds, ran like a four six. I mean, that's freaky, but you have to put him in a position to where he's going to win. He's not just going to be a, a, a defensive end on the blind side, go get the quarterback. Let, let's move him inside. Let's move him around and, and try to make the most. I think he's going to have a tremendous year, a tremendous, you know, career in the NFL. I look at a guy like Deami Brown, who, you know, I've seen a couple of mock drafts, him sneaking over to the Panthers in round two. I think that would be a special addition, a Charlotte guy that, you know, if he comes home to the Panthers, how fun would that be? Um, and then you, you look at Javante Williams. I, I think when you look at this core of running backs, um, there's really three that are at the top. And, and then I think there's a little bit of separation from four and beyond. But you look at Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Javante Williams. I think what's going to be really interesting, Josh, and something to pay attention to is after one of those guys get drafted, I think the other two are going to follow very quickly. So if we see a surprise pick and Travis Etienne or Najee Harris are, are chosen you know, in the early teens, um, you know, look out for all three of those guys to go in the first round. It could be very interesting to watch. In about five to ten minutes, me and Robert Walsh, we've been doing mock drafts all week, but not for football-related things. We've been doing things like, what did we do yesterday, Robert? We did, oh, we created a zoo where, hey, we're going to have a zoo draft, and we did something regarding movies on Monday. Since you're the grill master general, I figured... You know, and the weather's getting nice and people are getting vaccinated here. We're going to do a cookout draft here where we have an entree, where we have two sides, where we have a beverage and also a dessert. Now, I know you fire up the Traeger grill. I hear about it all the time, especially on your pod. Yeah, I got to know, though, if you're having a dream cookout. See, me and Robert, we're putting together our big boards right now. We could use your help. We could use your advice. Give me your analysis here on what the... I guess ideal cookout would be for Eric McLean. Oh man, it, 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 it will, I, tell, I will tell you this: it will depend on how many people are coming. But let's just say you know it's average. Let's say we have ten folks coming to this cookout. Man, I'm throwing bone-in ribeyes on the grill. Wow. I'm going to reverse sear them, so I'm going to cook it at probably you know about two twenty for an hour. Take them off, fire it up to five hundred, get a nice sear on each side of those. So that'll be our main course and. I promise it'll be the best steak you've ever had. Uh, for the sides, we're, we're going with big-time mashed potatoes. Um, you know, maybe even like a, a, a double-cooked, uh, twice-baked mashed potato type thing there where, man, you can do it on the grill, you can do it in the oven, uh, but it's something you're, you're really going to love. And then we'll throw some color in there. We'll do some of a, like a broccoli, uh, you know, with some good butter in the, in the pan there, cooked on the stovetop. Dessert-wise, I mean, I think you... Depending on the time, we're, it's it's getting to spring, summertime here. It's pretty hot in Charlotte. We're, we'll go, uh, you know, a banana banana pudding, and then you know, for the beverage, you know, how can you go wrong with sweet tea? All right, we've got it written down. This is expert analysis we expect from Eric McLean <laughs> from the Huddle ACC Network, also the Gramlick and McLean podcast. Find him tomorrow, six o'clock. The Huddle Show. We look forward to the draft analysis. More football. From Eric McLean, as if the last 10 minutes were enough. I know it's been a really busy week for you. Appreciate you spending the time in the triad with us, Eric. 
No doubt, Josh. Thank you as always. Great talking with you, buddy. You got it. It's Eric McLean. He's on Twitter at Eric McLean. I see Robert scribbling down some notes over there. What was the most difficult area to try and whittle down? The sides are pretty tough for me. I only need four in theory, and I already I got like six or seven written down here. Uh, the entree was pretty easy. Uh, who has the first pick before I go on? Telling? You've got the first overall pick. Don't spoil any picks now. Okay. Uh, yeah, entree was easy for me. Uh, the sides, it, it's really hit or miss. It depends what I like, depends what you like. Because this cookout's for me, not for ten other people. But mm-hmm. I could, uh, I could mix and match here. We'll figure out what direction Robert's going to go in a second to get our draft started. We know the big news of the day. Teddy Bridgewater was traded. Panthers legend Teddy Bridgewater. Is anybody going to remember the Teddy Bridgewater era in Carolina since fans weren't really allowed to attend games and, you know, Carolina only went 5-11? and 11? Tepper will remember. He'll remember paying him that 31 mil. Oh, yeah. Well, they split it. I don't know if he's going to get all Last 31. Last year and though. this year. I gotcha. Robert and I will do our cookout draft next on The Drive. Ready? Yes. Punch up the audio for me now. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. If Deshaun Watson is Michael Jordan, then what's Trevor Lawrence? LeBron James, am I right? At the Senior Bowl four years ago, Dabo walked off the practice field in Mobile and decided to speak to a gaggle of reporters. Two weeks before that, he had just won the national title in the final play. You remember it. Deshaun hitting Hunter Renfro to beat Alabama. And when he was asked about how Deshaun might translate to the NFL, he said this. I'm just telling you. They pass on Deshaun Watson. Uh, they're passing on Michael Jordan. I mean, I, I'm just telling you. Uh, I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. I'm just an old funky college coach. But uh, Deshaun Watson is the best by a long shot. So, again, I ask, if Deshaun was supposed to be Michael, then what's Trevor going to be? Because MJ might actually not be that far off for a comp. When you're talking about 16, that is. Think about it this way. How long were each of them in the spotlight before they were drafted, before they started playing professionally? To me, I view it this way. Both Michael and Trevor are alike in that they reached the summit in college ball as freshmen. Michael Jordan became Michael versus Mike Jordan when they slayed the beast in Georgetown in New Orleans back in 1982. Dean Smith had not won a title at that point. Georgetown was the biggest, baddest thing in college basketball. It's John Thompson. It's Patrick Ewing. And off the reverse, Jimmy Black threw it to the left wing side, and Michael knocked down that shot. At that point, of course, without social media, without all these 24-hour sports stations, I guess ESPN did exist at the time. The coverage was certainly a lot different. Michael became part of the consciousness. He hit that shot, he bit he beat Georgetown, and then two years later, 
he was drafted with a ton of expectations going into the NBA. Trevor Lawrence, as a freshman, slayed the dragon that was Alabama when they were firing on all cylinders. Tua's first year as a starter, they're trying to repeat. They haven't lost a game at wide receiver. They have Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, all these dudes, and Trevor Lawrence in Clemson and Santa Clara, California, beats them by 28 points. At that point, Trevor had reached the summit of college football. He was seen to be the number one pick even before that. A couple of years later, a couple years fast-forwarded, and two years later, unlike what's happened with Justin Fields or with Justin Herbert, the media hasn't been able to knock him for anything. He lost two games in college. They were both in the college football playoff. They were both <laughs> at the top level of the sport. You lose to Ohio State and you lose to LSU. That's all. The only thing you can knock him for are some Sports Illustrated quotes. Please. Trevor Lawrence could become the NFL's Michael Jordan. Like Mike, Trevor, he's a physical phenom. We hear the term generational quarterback. Mel Kuyper has created the industry of being a mock draft guru, of being a draft guru, period. And he said the three highest quarterbacks he's ever evaluated, the three best quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, John Elway. Elway and Luck, they look like the prototypical quarterback. They're the right size. They're pocket passers. They have these great arms. Trevor, yeah, he's great in the pocket. But he's a lot taller than the other generational quarterbacks. Luck, Elway, Peyton Manning, they come to mind. He's a lot taller. And also, he's more mobile. His feet are incredible. If you watched the final game he played against Ohio State, really, if you watched any game he's played... The way that he moves, it's different. A guy that big shouldn't be able to have those type of feet. And his arm, I remember the first time I saw him, I saw him play more than a half dozen times in his three years at Clemson. And it's hard to explain it, watching it in person versus watching it on television. But in person, the the ball just comes out of his hand differently. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen in college. And if we're comparing that to Michael, Michael, he wasn't taken number one for the sole reason of what the NBA was at that time. It was not a guard's game. It's not the guard's game that it is today. If you were going to win in the NBA, you were drafting big guys. So you draft Sam Bowie. <laughs> That's the guy that you take. And instead of Michael. Guards, before Michael, they did not leap like he did. They didn't leap like he did. They didn't have the athleticism that he did. The Air Jordan campaign and everything was perfect that followed, and it created a phenomenon. Trevor is a physical phenom. We see how much leadership he possesses on and off the field, off the field, saving the college football season, I believe, last year with his platform, not being afraid to talk about social issues, you name it. Trevor, he's got everything, and he's going to have the chance to turn around a loser. He has a chance to make a loser into a winner. I'm glad in the last dance doc a year ago 
they included how bad the Bulls were before Michael arrived. How little people cared. They had to try to give away tickets. They were the cocaine cowboys of the NBA. They were a joke. They were irrelevant. Kind of like the Jacksonville Jaguars. I get they went to an AFC championship game a few years ago and had New England on the ropes in Foxborough and their second year of existence like the Panthers went to the title game too. But largely, Jacksonville's been a joke. It's been irrelevant. Trevor has an opportunity to completely turn that around. Him and Urban Meyer. What makes Trevor different than Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, is that it really doesn't matter what circumstance you're throwing him into, he's going to find a way to win. That's what the generational talents do. Andrew Luck didn't have any support. He had a bad GM, he had a bad coach, and he still took that team to an AFC championship game. He had a bad O-line, he was getting banged up all the time, didn't have great weapons, he made T.Y. Hilton... And and all pro caliber receiver. That's how great of a quarterback he was. Look at the playoff game against Kansas City if you need any more evidence of what Luck is capable of doing. The one that was played in Indy. That's what Trevor Lawrence is. Except he might be better. He could be the NFL's Michael Jordan. On Twitter, at SportsUpTriad. 336-777-1600 if you want to play along. Robert is going to have a final crack at horse... Or Or Rock rock Band band. in about 10 minutes. Trying to go 5 for 5, 3 for 3 for the day, too. I don't think you've ever been perfect going 3 for 3 when we've done this. The Kentucky Derby's on Saturday. Let's go to James and Clemens here. James, who would you compare Trevor Lawrence to? I'm not believing you haven't compared him to Zion. That would be probably as good of, I mean, superstar. All right, all right. Let me set you up. Let me tee you up here. Put the ball on the tee and allow for you to swing away. Why is Trevor Lawrence, compared to Zion, a great comparison? He is the most excited prospect that there's been. Zion was the most exciting prospect that there is. And there's a likelihood that he's going to be just as good in uh, pros as he is in college, if not better so that's the same as Zion. He's going to a town that doesn't hasn't been winning and is expected to bring them up. Zion's doing the exact same yeah. thing. You're going to watch him on Sundays where you wouldn't in the past, but if Zion's on TV, you would watch him as well. Hmm. That's a good it's a good comparison. And I'll even add something to it, James. Trevor played college football at Clemson. Zion Williamson, an hour and a half north of Clemson, grew up in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. There's another thing. There. there you go. James, thanks so much for the call. I'll write that one down. So if Deshaun's Michael Jordan, then Trevor, is he he's Zion Williamson instead of LeBron. Okay. That's what we're doing here. Robert, how about those Carolina Hurricanes. Last night. That's another motherfucking goal. Thank you for that. The Canes. And for that. The Canes took care of business against Dallas after losing on Monday night. They took it to the Stars last night. Best record in the National Hockey League currently. Best record in the league. Most points, at least. A tremendous story. And 
the way Rod Brindamore's turned around this team, it is an unbelievable job he's done in three years. He should win the Jack Adams Award for NHL Coach of the Year. This team, it has to keep on rolling. They're playing playoff hockey right now as far as I'm concerned. Usually if you have the best record and you've already clinched, you can kind of coast to the playoffs. Not with the way the format is currently. Because in the pod Carolina's in, you're going to be playing a semi-bracket before they make a reseeded bracket across the sport where four plays one in the division and two plays three, and then the winners of those series play each other. Carolina just so happens to be in a series, or be in a division, excuse me, where three of the best four teams in the league by points are in the Central. Carolina, Tampa, and Florida. So Carolina has to keep on winning to try and avoid playing Tampa or Florida in the first round and potentially avoid playing, having to play both of them, having to play the 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 top talent in the division, both of them, just to get to the final eight of the National Hockey League playoffs or make it the final four of the National Hockey League playoffs. Carolina has to keep on going. I actually think it could be a good thing for them. Now, if somebody's hurt, you probably don't play them. But the fact that you already got that mindset right now, despite how good Carolina is, hey, you have to keep on rolling, you have to keep keep winning games right now, I, I think it's probably best to be playing at your best when you enter the postseason. That's why I've been against benching your starters the final week of NFL regular season or college football as well if you're talking about playoff spots. Robert, you ready for the final round here? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. We'll play Horse, Horse or Rock Band next. Welcome to the show that cloned the Loch Ness Monster. And got her drunk. The Drive with Josh Graham. We've played this game twice today with Robert Walsh, and he's gone four for five both times. It is a game we call Horse or Rock Band. And Robert seems to have figured it out. If you haven't been playing along, it's pretty simple. You just got to figure out if the name I'm giving you is the name of an actual rock band or a horse that's going to be competing in the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. I've got five more names here. It's one more opportunity for Robert. One shot to seize everything you ever wanted. We'll see if he's able to do so here. Let's play the game. You'll have other cracks at this for... Do you think you could name the other two legs of the Kentucky Derby? No. Maybe I should include that as being part of... Horse or Rock Band! Robert's sick of this already. What is the horse and or band? Sainthood. 
Horser Band. Sainthood. I'm surprised you don't know about the legs of the Triple Crown. Well, I just don't. I know, like, there's one called the Belmont. Yeah, the Belmont Stakes. Okay, cool. And then the other, another one's called It's in Preakness. Baltimore. Boom! Okay. You, you did know them. I didn't you know they all were three. legs. I just knew they were popular races. Um, That's it, man. So you knew that. What is this? Saints Row? What is this called? Not Saints Row. That's a game. That Saint, is a game. Sainthood. And this is one word. Sainthood. Okay, you knew what I was going for there. I'm going to say that's a horse. Mostly because... Uh, well, unless it's like a Flog and Molly band, like I figure Sainthood, I just get like really Irish vibes from. So I'm going to say that it is a horse. Sainthood is a horse. Let's go. 50 Let's to go. 1 odds for Saturday. Next up, the music. Horse uh, or band? The music. What the a music. lame horse or band name that is. Like, if it was The Muse, I would get it. I would be like, oh, okay, that's a, that's a, a horse. We've got stakes here. Robert has never gotten winning scores for all three rounds that we've played of this game when we've done this the past couple of years. And Robert has also never gone five for five. So these are things in play here. The music, horse or band. That's just such a terrible band name. I'm going to have to go with band. The music is a band. I'm literally holding my breath over here for this game that, like, I want to care about, but now it's not even about just winning the game. Now I have to be perfect. And it... I'm really getting drugged through the mud here. Emotionally. Third name. Superstock. Ooh. Superstock. If this is a horse, he must be a stud. Actually, live this weekend, it's Superstock. That sounds terrible. Hey, where are you going to go see this weekend? Oh, I got two tickets uh, to go see Superstock. Oh, yeah, front row? Oh, no, it's second row, actually. Well, I'm not going then, because Superstock sounds terrible. Ah, Superstock. And in first place, here comes around the corner, it's Superstock. That sounds better. How do they name... I, I need... Ba if it's a horse, I need to know why they named it this to start off with. Not to stop, I mean, after I answer it, obviously. Unless you could tell me why they named the horse Superstock. I'm going to assume it is his stock that is super, and I'm going to go with a horse. Superstock is a horse. <laughs> How anticlimactic would it be if I just missed one of these in the middle? Like, oh, you missed number two. <laughs> you suck. Oh, I wish I missed number two so the pressure would be gone. <laughs> two left, Robert. Horse or rock band? Crispy ambulance. <laughs> That's neither. Is there a neither option? 
Crispy ambulance. Crispy ambulance. <laughs> or as some would say, crispy ambulance. Crispy ambulance. Oh, I can't do this anymore. It's not... Because that could be... Oh, that could be a terrible band. What benefit is it to name your horse Crispy Ambulance? Maybe, okay, maybe the horse had to drive someone to the hospital after they had serious burns and it was a Crispy Ambulance. I feel like I'm stretching there. And when I'm stretching, I'm going to go the opposite direction and I'm going to say that Crispy Ambulance is a band because... There, there is no because. I'm just guessing. Because if you named your horse Crispy Ambulance, you're an idiot. And I hope you have the worst odds to win at the Belmont or whatever. I'm gonna, what did I say? I'm going to say it's a band. Crispy Ambulance is a band. Jesus Christ. We're really going to do this. We're really going to do this, it's Josh. down to the last one. Robert is gone. <laughs> This is the best Roberts has already performed. He has winning scores for the first two times he's played. He's gone four for five in both. And none of it matters. Now he's trying to go perfect. And the only name standing in his way. What is it? Helium. Horser band. This is the hardest one. I just want you to know that. Helium? Are this you is the kidding one, me? This is the, my favorite one. I said it to Sarah Bradford last night. First one I told her. God, this could be a terrible Helium. band. Dude, this is so great that I made this the last one that I wrote down. I'm like, this is a really good one. Helium. Horse or band. I forgot to say that. Crispy Ambulance's best song is Death. That's the name of their song. Deaf? Like I'm not going to be able to hear anymore? Correct. Helium. Helium. FTW for the win. For the perfect record. I'm sure you got some celebratory music lined up. If you were to get this right, it's a 50-50 shot. I have no music for if I get this wrong, so I'm just going to play. Oh, no. It's just going to be really sad if it's, if it's wrong. But if you get it right, we're all going to celebrate together. You were taking phone calls during the break. People were supporting People were, you. No, I'm serious. People were calling up here like, hey, man, you got it. Like, I, if you need to phone a friend, I was like, we, I don't get any lifeline. You know I, what? Let's phone a friend. 336-777-1600. Robert's trying to go perfect. You want to help him out here. Helium 336-777-1600. Is it a horse or a band? Actually, let's not take calls because people can easily look that up. We're not taking calls on that. I don't want to call. Because, oh man, you know how mad I would be if someone gave me an answer? I see the lines are lighting up. We're going to ignore those. We're ignoring those calls. Oh, uh, you just gave me false hope. Okay, what what the hell is this thing called? What's the hell? What's this horse called? Helium. Is that what the horse's name is? <laughs> what, they, what do they call this band, you're asking me? <laughs> Helium. See, if it was like Helios or uh, Heliocentric or something, I'd be like, that's a band. That's a band for sure. But it's like helium. Like the gas. I feel like I've wasted enough time. 
I'm either gonna be right or I'm either gonna be wrong. It's a 50-50 shot. I'm gonna say helium is a horse. God, I'm so scared. Don't tell me anything yet. I don't just. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna final answer. Helium is a horse. Helium is a horse. <laughs> Fifty to one odds. Helium's a horse. Congratulate Robert on his win! <sighs> I hate and love this game at the same time. <laughs> what are the odds for that? Not that I would win, but the, the horse. Helium, 50 to 1 odds. Oh my god, I feel like now the lines are... Take, give me a second. Take those calls. Enjoy the congr congratulatory messages and praise you're about to receive. We'll try to get as many of those as we can get to. I'm sure people are having more fun with this than trying to think about their favorite Teddy Bridgewater memories as a Carolina Panther. Panthers great Teddy Bridgewater traded the day. You know him best for losing close games against Kansas City and blowing that game against Minnesota. If we were trying to spin this positively, what would be the best Teddy Bridgewater moment? Would it be the win against the Chargers, even though there was the hook and ladder that almost knocked Carolinas to a winless record? You know, I don't know. Carolina's shutout win where Teddy wasn't even there. What was Teddy's best win? Was it Washington at the end of the year? Uh, it was that Lions game. Didn't they win that game? P.J. Walker started. Ah, oh, that's right. Let's Dang, go to Teddy. Doug and Pilot Mountain. Doug, what do you got for Robert? Oh, first of all, I just want to congratulate Robert on his expertise <laughs> with the horses today. <laughs> he knocked it out. He was tremendous. But secondly, I would like to ask, given the fact that Josh just went 0 for 3 against Josh today, if you had known beforehand that you were going to go down 0-3 in such stellar fashion, do you wish you'd have scheduled somebody else today like you asked Roy a few months ago? Hold one sec. I went 0 for 3 today? You mean that it, it was me and Robert going head-to-head, -head, so if Robert <laughs> wins, Robert I lose you lose. Yes. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. It's a great question. I appreciate it. You should have scheduled somebody. <laughs> you should have played I Sawyer. Just, I should have <laughs> just scheduled somebody else. Well, it. you listen here, Doug. If I if I knew Robert was going to go five for five on the last one, I would have put a different name down. <laughs> I would have asked him something different. I would have asked him. Like, what's the deal with Bourbonanza? 
Is that a horse? That is a horse. How about Bananarama? Oh, no. Is that a horse? That's a band. See, there are some other ones that were left on the cutting edge floor that didn't quite make the cut. My favorite name, the one I want to bet on, Soup and Sandwich. 30 to 1 odds. That's the one I'm going for. Soup and Sandwich just sounds delightful. Oh, we got Trevor and Winston-Salem. Let's go to Trevor. Trevor, what do you got for Robert? Hey, first off, Robert, congratulations. Appreciate I that. Did, uh, I did want to say Helium is also a band, and they actually have um, some North Carolina ties. Uh, the guitarist Ash Bowie uh, oh. from Chapel Hill. Okay. Um, he, he was the lead singer in Polvo, which is a really big band back in the early 90s. Were you the lead so singer of Helium? A- Be honest. <laughs> yeah, are you in Helium? Were you in Helium, Trevor? No, 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 no. no I, I, I went to UNC. That's uh, kind of new. I got you. Them from there. Cat's Cradle. Um, is that where we're performing here? Yeah. Is that what's happening? Right, right. Gotcha. And uh, the lead singer, Mary Timoney, has a new band called X Hex which is on Merge Records, which is based in Durham. X-Hex? Is that what you said? E-X-H-E-X. Okay. I'm going to write that down because Robert's got terrible memory, and then I'm going to put that in the next time we play Whores or Rock Band. band. Yeah, and we'll see what Uh, happens there. Thank you, Trevor. (laughs) He was definitely the lead singer of Helium, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about sublimation. Yeah. Is that a horse or a rock band? I'm going to say that sublimation is a band. It's neither. Yeah. Then again, I guess if you said both, helium, I guess, qualifies. According to Trevor and Winston-Salem there. Yeah, there's some good jam bands here in the triad you can find. I'm sure if you were roaming around Winston-Salem, you'd see. I actually, it was cool. Uh not this past weekend, but the weekend before, I went down went downtown Winston-Salem, and there there was a band playing outside at Bulls Tavern, like right down right downtown. I, I miss live music so much, so I'm all about it. Both horses and rock bands. 